Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Amen. Good morning, church. And this is when we say Merry Christmas. Because we really are starting this week to lift a light for Christ. Lift a light for Him. All week long. Next week will be just insane. Insane fun, right? And uh, we're just going to have a wonderful time. Uh, But we even begin right now. Would you open your Bibles or turn to them in John? We're going to look at John, uh, the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 21 this morning. So I encourage you to have your Bible open and uh, and look at it with me. And as we turn to the scripture, let's pray. Lord, we're so moved by what we've experienced so far this morning. By the time that we spend in worship, we start to see things that are worth singing about. We start to to value things that are really worth laying down our lives for. and, And we open our hearts. So Lord, soften our hearts to receive your word which is able to save our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. We're grateful for God's holy word. Amen? Well, today we talk about turn to the light. Some people always need to know why they're doing what they're doing. And other people, they're just fine, just getting along without, without that knowledge. I was, uh, I was once a knife salesman, just for a summer. And it's a long story, but yes, I was a knife salesman. And in fact, uh, I got to go to the factory where these knives were made. And I knew a lot about the knives because I had been selling them. And, uh, and I walked up to a woman who was, who was breaking off a, a cast, sanding it down, and dropping it in a box. Clunk. And I walked up to her and I looked and I said, oh, that looks like the handle for the carver. Is that the handle for the carver? And she turned to me and said, I have no idea, honey. I just do this. Crack, buzz, drop. Crack, buzz, drop. You know? Why are you doing the things you're doing? This is Christmas week, and, and uh, it's Christmas Eve. Next weekend, we're going to be hosting uh, 
lots of people. We're going to be hosting people through our worship services and we'll, we'll speak sweetly about Christmas and I know you're hosting different people and caring for different people in, in different ways. And my prayer is that, that some many will see the light of God in ways that they never have before. In fact, my prayer is that some will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ next week as they gather here in this, in this very place. But for many, it'll be just another uh, part of the process. Just another cog in the wheel, just another step along the way of making it through the holidays. Crack, buzz, drop. Well, this morning I want to give you a different kind of an opportunity. Before you wrap another gift, before you frost another cookie, before you lick another envelope, I want to give you an opportunity. At the end of this message, I'm going to leave time for prayer. In fact, I'm going to ask you if you want to pray with me and follow after me. Because what I want to give you is a chance, a chance today to give your life to Jesus Christ. An opportunity. That for some of you, maybe you've done that and this will be for you, this will be a wonderful review of where, where the core is of, of what this all means this week. But for some of you, this may be the day, this may be the moment, the time where God has been knocking in your heart in a new way. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to accept him, to see who he is in your life and to pray, to open your, your mouth and pray on your lips to the glory of God and and you'll have a chance to go through Christmas next week like you never have before. You'll have a chance to walk through Christmas knowing the Savior of the world. Where you look for light will determine your course for life. John 3.16 is the, famous, the most famous summary of God's work in all of Scripture. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. John, I, I know you're on the edge of your seat. You want to read this with me, don't you? You're like, oh, I know that one. I know John 3.16. Okay, let's read it together. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you've ever wondered what, what scripture should I begin with in memorizing or what should I teach my kids to memorize, I've got a buddy who uh, his grandfather would never let him in the front door of his house until he recited the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit from Galatians 5. You know, love, joy, peace. You stand out there in the cold. <laughs> you should make your kids stand out in the cold. <laughs> well, maybe not, maybe, but you should start with this. Memorize this. This is the core of it. This is the beginning of it. Why are we doing all this? Why, are we, why the presents under the tree? Why the fudge and the cookies and the ugly ties and sweaters? All that stuff. Why? It's because of what's right here. Now watch now. If we can bring the verse back up, I'd love it. Watch what happens here. You watch this verse go by. Watch. Loved leads to gave. Loved leads to gave. Gave leads to believes, and believes, believes leads to life. Loved, gave, believe, life. Jesus, friends, was born in Bethlehem because God sent his son. Because God 
gave his one and only son because God came in his son Jesus on a mission, a mission grounded in love. Love made him give. Love made him give. Say that with me. Love made him give. I hope you're giving out of love this month. You ever had that experience where someone's walking towards you and you think, oh no, she's got a gift for me. You know, and you see them coming and you think, oh no, but she's giving a gift to me. Well, then that means I have to give a gift to her and I haven't thought about giving a gift to her. I haven't given, given it the slightest thought. Well, then you think, well, I hope, I hope it's not a thoughtful gift if, you know, because that's the worst. If it's a super thoughtful gift and I haven't thought of a single thing and I know, I know, I know, I know. That's not where it started. Love made him give. Love made him give. And what did God give? He gave his son who gave his life so that you can live. There's something wrong with the world and it runs straight through our heart. John calls it the verdict Look at this. He says, this is the verdict. This is the judgment. This is the sum of it. This is the verdict, he says. Verse 19, light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. This is the sum of it, John says. This is how it all adds up. Are you tired of, of, uh, are you tired of, of looking at a world that's all twisted up and mashed up? Are you tired of, of warfare and greed? Are you tired of watching the way that people take advantage of one another for their own pleasure and gain? Are you tired of the way that you watch the environment and, and everything get trashed? People trash everything and everyone for their own, for their own pleasure. Tired of how your, your own relationships are getting twisted up and bumbled up. Are you sick of how your own heart seems to not head the right direction? How you're not living the life that you expected to be living? Are you tired of all this? John says this is where it's it's all summed up. This is where it all comes down. This is the sum of it, the judgment, the verdict. You've got a rebellion going on. You and I, all of us, each one of us, we have a rebellion going on. It's in us and it's in the world. We don't want the light of God to shine so bright because we don't want want God and everyone to see. At verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Everyone who does evil. Well, that's me. Well, that's me. If doing evil is doing anything less than holy, if doing evil is doing is anything short of perfect, well, I've been less than holy. I've been less than perfect. I've, I've done evil. I have to come to honest terms with this passage, to honest terms with the fact that there is something in me that hates the light that doesn't want to go into the light, that doesn't want it all exposed. There is something in you that keeps you from turning to the light. There's something in you that keeps you from surrendering to God's love. It's a rebellion, and it's time to lay down your arms 
and surrender. The one who stands before you is love itself in the flesh. Lay down your arms and surrender to the loving arms of Jesus. And you say, oh, there you go. Oh, the sin, I get it. There you go. Here you go again. I come to church and all you want to tell me about is that I'm broken, I'm wrong. I'm, because you're up there on stage and you know wearing khakis and a blue shirt all the time, which is all I ever wear. But you know, because you're up there on stage and you read your Bible all the time, you go to church all the time, you think you're perfect, you think that I'm broken, now I have to come to church and hear this. What is this condemning message? Well, look at verse 17. Listen now. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send his son to condemn the world, but to what? To save the world through him. God Loves, that's why he gave. God wants to save, that's why he sent. He sent his son so that whoever believes in him, whoever put faith in his name, would not perish. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name. In the name. The name, the reputation, the deeds, the character, the name of his one and only son, Jesus. See, here's how it goes. This isn't a message that says something like, wouldn't you like to add a little bit of Jesus to an otherwise brilliant and successful life? That's not the message. The message is this. The life that you're currently leading, the track that you're currently on, the direction that you're currently headed, the life that you have is stamped with an expiration date. It's like you're a, you're a deep sea diver walking along the bottom of the, of the ocean and you've got one of those tubes, you know, that come down those tubes from the boat that's pumping the air down into your big suit and your buddy is up on the boat and he's trying to, to get a message to you. He's desperately trying to tell you something and the message he has isn't turn over there and you're gonna see something really pretty or, or head north and you'll find more pearls. The message he is trying to get to you is the Oxygen is running out. Friends, Jesus is God diving down to where you are to get that message to you. Jesus is a rescue plan. John says what's lying before you in the manger is God's rescue plan. It is a rescue plan for your life and you must take it. But it means laying down your rebellion. It means quitting all that. But listen to me now. I'm going to be honest with you. That was a stupid rebellion anyway. Don't you know? Look at this, 19 and 20. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. See, as ridiculous as it may seem, there's something in us that that wants the darkness. There's something in us that's preferring the darkness to the light. I don't want all my deeds exposed. I want to hide the the deeds that I've done. I want to hide them in the dark. I don't want to walk into the light where my deeds are exposed. We prefer darkness to opening our lives up to Jesus. What I want to say to you this morning is that is a really dumb 
idea. Are you with me? God already knows. He knows all your deeds. He's seen everything that you've done. There is no such thing as hidden sin. You can't run into the darkness and hide. There's no such thing. Psalm 139 says this about God. It says, uh, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Whenever that little voice creeps into your head and starts to whisper in the back of your mind, oh, go ahead. You can get away with it this time. It's nighttime. It's dark. Nobody can see. Go for it. Does that sound like the voice of Jesus in your life? Because it ain't. Jesus, he sees all that you've done. There's no hiding. He knows everything that you've done. He knows you through and through. He knows every deed. He knows everything you've thought about doing. And he loves you. He loves you more than you could ever fathom or understand. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There is no hiding. Jesus has come to open heaven and offer forgiveness to all who believe in his name. The rebellion is a foolish idea. God can see everything. That, you can't hide your deeds in the dark. I'd rather join the refrain of the Samaritan woman at the well. When Jesus came into her life and this woman, she had been married to five husbands and she was living with a man that she was not married to at that time. And Jesus said, now listen, you come to me. You give your life to me. You put your trust in me and in my name and I will fill your heart with such joy, such living water, such life. You will never thirst again and later she went into town and she told everyone that she could talk to she said come see a man who told me everything I ever did he knows he knows all of it and then she said this could he be the Messiah well yes he could and yes he is and yes he knows and yes he loves And yes, he is for you. He's for you. There's no life in loving the darkness. There's no life there. Turn to the light of Christ and know his love. Where you look for light will determine the course of your life. But you say, well, I don't, you know, I don't apply to those standards. I'm not a religious person. I'm not a Christian person. You can't put your, your Christian Bible standards on my ordinary life. Okay, okay. Jesus didn't come to judge. Jesus came to save. Let's set that aside. We'll set aside all the Bible standards. Let's put Bible standards aside. Let me ask you this and be honest with yourself now. Be honest. How about your own standards? Can you live up to the standards you have set. Not me, not the Bible, not the church, not, how about you? Because when it comes to me, I want to tell you, I can't live up to my own ideals. I'm not the man that I want to be, not fully. There is a problem. There is an illness. There is a a problem, and it's tearing our lives apart. It's tearing your life apart, and it's ripping at the very fabric of all your relationships. It's ripping at the fabric of our world. And it's a rebellion. 
And it's time to lay down our arms and turn to Jesus. It's time to pull everything out of the darkness and throw it into the light. It's time to give it all over to Jesus. Why? Because God loved. And so he gave. God sought to save. And so he sent. He knew the air was running out. He he knew our rebellion leads to death. And so he ran ahead of us in his son Jesus to take that on himself. Jesus came to take our death upon himself. Jesus was born to die. Some people say, you know, I like, I like Christmas a lot more than Easter. I'm kind of a Christmas Christian, you know. I like the baby and the nativity and the stars and the angels. Not all that cross and grave and all that junk, you know. Listen, the Bible knows nothing of this. Scripture does not allow for creative speculation about why came, God came down in his son Jesus Christ. He came to take on flesh to die for us. We sweeten up the birth of Jesus with our, our, our scenes. You know, we like the little nativity scene with the spray flocking snow on it and the snow globes and the angels and the light. It's very sweet. It's very, we sugar it all up. We sprinkle it with powdered sugar. Everything in Christmas is sprinkled with powdered sugar. You know? But it wasn't a, it wasn't a sweet moment. Jesus was born of water and of blood in a muddy animal pen to take on flesh, to die for us. Bethlehem is where sacrificial lambs are born. The shadow of the cross lies over the cradle. The wood of the manger is the cross of Calvary. Christmas and Easter, they're the same. Most kings are born to live, but this king was born to die. God loved, so he gave. Jesus took on flesh to die the death that belonged to us in our rebellion. The immortal put on our mortality. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says in Corinthians, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He gave. He loved, so he gave. Or rather, in Philippians, it says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, it's one movement. It's one thing in God's eyes. He came to save. He took on flesh to carry our sins to the cross. He was born so that he would die. He himself, Peter says, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed friends that's Christmas that's Christmas he loved and so he gave he gave his only son that's why Jesus came bring John 3.16 back now for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life loved Leads to what? Gave. And gave leads where? Believes. Salvation is a gift of God received by believing. 
when you believe, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, when you affiliate with him, when you lean into him, when you put your life in his hands, when you believe in him, that's when you are saved by his works. That's when you, as it says, it says you have eternal life, have eternal life. Not that that's coming for you at the end of life after you die on your deathbed on the other side of that. No, 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 it's present tense. You have eternal life. Eternal life begins when you trust and believe in the name of Jesus and what he has done for you. At that moment, you have life. You have life right now when you put your trust in him. J.I. Packer, the great scholar, he wrote this. He said, we talk glibly about Christmas spirit, rarely meaning more by this than sentimental jollity on a family basis. That's what you can say to your family when they come to your door. You know, Isn't that on your Christmas invitation? Welcome to an episode of sentimental jollity on a family basis. Only, only Jim Packer talks like that. Here's what he says. But that's not what the birth of Jesus meant. It meant love to the uttermost for unlovely human beings. That though through his poverty they might become rich. The Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity. Hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory because at the Father's will, Jesus Christ became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later he might hang on a cross. It is the most wonderful message that the world has ever heard or will hear. How do you respond? See, there isn't a person here there isn't a person here, any age, any background. There is not a person here that God doesn't know. He knows your story. He knows where you've been. He knows the things you've done great. He knows the things that you wish you could take away. He knows everything that you've ever done, and he loves you through and through. And he sees you. And he values you. And the babe lying in the manger is a call to you to respond in faith in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray as we close the service. I'm going to ask the the praise team to come out and join me on stage as we take a moment, a little bit different, to pray together. Maybe for you, God's been, God's been working on you and, and you're feeling something this morning. You're feeling your heart beating a little bit differently. You're feeling some kind of a, a presence. That's the presence of the Lord. The Lord is here. His Spirit is working on you. He knocks on the door of your heart. And, and if you open it, Jesus says, I'll come in and I'll eat with you. I'll be with you. I'll live life with you. I'll, I'll walk with you. God is working on you this morning. I'm going to give you a chance to pray. There's a woman in the church who gave her life to Christ this spring. She, she Through the Mops ministry, right here in this room, she was recognizing what Jesus is, who he is, what he was doing in her life, and she, she laid down the rebellion. She said, enough of that, enough of fighting, fumbling around in the darkness, trying to defend some senseless rebellion against all that God is. I want to walk into the light. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And the other day, she stopped me in the hall right outside these doors, 
and she said, Pastor Tim, this Christmas is my first Christmas. It's my first Christmas with Jesus. Friends, this week can be different than it's ever been for you in the past. You can walk through this Christmas with the light of Christ in your life, knowing Him, knowing eternal life, knowing the fullness of His joy. You lay down the rebellion. You stop the, the arms. Surrender to the loving arms of Jesus. I'm going to give you a moment to pray, and, and all I ask is that if God's calling on your heart, if God's knocking on your heart, then you make this prayer a prayer on your own lips. God is praying. You're hearing, you're speaking to God in your prayer. He can hear you. He can see you. He knows you. And you'll feel His love. You will feel His love. When you turn to Him, you turn to His light. You mark this day. You make this day a day of salvation, a day of turning. No more of that. But I want to ask all of you, all who are here from side to side, back to front, that we will all pray together, that no one prays alone. No one has to walk alone in this journey. We'll all pray with one voice. I want to lead you in prayer and ask that you would just respond as I pray. As I pray, would you follow along with me? Let's pray before the Lord, Almighty God. I've wandered from you for long enough. The time in the darkness is enough. Today, I turn to you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Thank you for forgiveness and eternal life. I give you my life, my faith, and my trust. In Jesus' name. And we all say together, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.